Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest show on earth that is talking terror once again i'm your old pal the king of horror andy g welcoming you to this first episode of 2021 nothing really important happened today except for this podcast and we're so happy for you to be here because tonight we're the demonic dean film pick of the week from 1995 everybody put on your flannel for evil ed directed by anders jacobson straight out of sweden so we're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show but first and always, my number one cohort, the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. <sighs> Welcome. Welcome to America, folks. 2021, here we are. What a fucking day, man. What a shameful day in United States history. Makes you wish you were in Sweden right now. Like we're going to be on later on. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any problems. <laughs> Yeah, what a, what a day. The dumpster fire has already been pre-lit for us. We just started January and already it's lit. So 2021, you're off to a great start. Thanks for the – that was 2020. But I'm also joined by the Mad Monkey, the Prince by Morris Day. Yes, get fucking with it in 2021, baby. <laughs> Fuck it, let's keep it funky, let's keep it fresh <laughs> This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live From the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic Where we bring you the best in all of the land So make sure you listen on Blog Talk Make sure you listen on iTunes Make sure you listen on Spotify We don't really fucking care where you listen Just make sure you fucking listen Because this is our gift to you You're welcome <laughs> That is that is one help, Mr. Monkey. Thank you. And we're also joined by the very sweet, very complicated, very opinionated Demonic Dean. Hello and welcome to 2021. Nothing. Wow. <laughs> that chick has her fist up that other chick's ass. That's always interesting. Sorry, I love my emails. Oh, wait, dumpster fire. Yeah, we are in it. It's lit and we are in it, gentlemen. But yes, Dean, thank you for joining us. And yes, welcome to 2021. Yeah, man, what a fucking day this has been. And I have to, I was just considering this a moment ago. I really, I feel like I picked a great month to uh, do dry January. Um, nothing. Whoops. Uh, nothing. Yeah, I break uh, that. <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> like going, uh, not making it through six full days um, before um, casting shame on yourself for making such a noble decision. Uh <laughs> with that being said, I, 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 I with that being said, I, I did, uh, 
just I felt it was necessary right before the show started. Uh, couldn't help myself and to take a high CBD gummy. So um, we'll there see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, what a fucking day for real. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, welcome to the first Talking Terror broadcast of the new year. Um, and, you know, I don't want to really spend any time dwelling on, on the goings-on right now, as I'm sure, you know, that's what everyone is talking about everywhere across the land at the moment. Uh, we're not a political show, uh, but what a fucking day uh, today has been. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. But in the meantime, we had lots of new shows drop, you know, for 2021. So we had uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina drop, which I, the the diva is starting to watch. Um, excuse me. We had RuPaul's Drag Race start off. So, you know, yay! I'm all about that shit. We all know that. But we also had Cobra Kai season three drop. Did we? Oh. Yes, no. we did, motherfuckers. <laughs> what a what a what a uh, on a positive note. Uh what a wonderful <laughs> way uh to ring in the new year. Uh my annual New Year's Day tradition for several years now has been to watch the glorious uh NHL classic outdoor uh hockey extravaganza uh that obviously is not taking place this year and I cannot think of something to be uh, a more suitable substitute than the drop of Karate Kid 3. In fact, uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, once on California time, uh, when the clock struck 9.01, I immediately uh, kept refreshing Netflix to see when it was going to hit Netflix, because technically it was January 1st on the East Coast. Um, I do believe it hit... um, sometime California time around 1130 uh, because not long after midnight I did watch the first episode and uh, I did pass out during the second episode and then when I woke up uh, the next morning uh, I just watched the rest of the series so um, what a delightful way to to spend New Year's Day yeah Yeah, man I I gotta agree with you it's just you know, after the ship fire that was 2020, it was just nice to have something fresh and comforting to just go back to, make you feel all warm and fuzzy. And Cobra Kai season three did this for me. How about you, Ghoul? Were you as excited too, man? I mean, I think it goes without saying that, you know, <laughs> I've been fairly excited about Cobra Kai. You know, I, it's multiple birthday and Christmas presents were Cobra Kai themed. Uh, I actually have some (laughs) other Cobra Kai stuff incoming as well. Uh, I, for one, we basically woke up New Year's Day, sat down in the living room, had a few sips of coffee, watched a fraction of the news of uh, Good Day in New York, and uh, put on Cobra Kai watched the first five hours straight, you know, the first five episodes. And at some point, me and uh, me and the Dean were in contact with one another. I was ahead of yes. him by about 15 minutes at that time. Oh, yep, yep, um, yep, yep. <laughs> and then I had to take a break because the ghoul girl needed to go in for a nap. 
So she went for a nap, at which point I had to sit there chomping at the bit, just waiting. But as soon as she woke up, we, we put it right back on and proceeded to watch the other five episodes. So we watched it all in one, you know, all in one day in two separate sittings, splitting the season directly down the middle and loved every stinking minute of it. That show just has the ability to push buttons in ways that – for me, it's rare. Very few shows have done it. You know, Friday Night Lights is one of it, one of those. And that did that with characters that it introduced in the show itself. It's amazing to me how this show, uh, you know, tapping into a film that's 30 plus years old can just hit strings that automatically just make me start weeping like a baby, like a big old baby, big weeping baby me just sitting here. Like the, ver- the very opening of the first episode showing the recaps, I could not watch Miguel fall over the edge and take that plummet down without welling and getting weepy about it, like knowing this poor kid's going to be paralyzed. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to hit spoilers and stuff like that, but I mean, I think at this point, just about anybody that's going to watch it has watched it. So, so thankfully things took a television turn. Everything gets fixed all lovey dovey and everything, but what a great show. What a great season. I enjoyed it very, very much. King, did you have some fun with the season at all? Well, I'll let you go first because I, I have thoughts, and I want to keep the positivity going before I rain on everybody's face. <laughs> oh wow! Um, but yeah, like the like the ghoul said, you know, it's definitely got some moments where it pulls on your heartstrings, uh, especially g- going back to Okinawa. You know, I, I'm you know sitting there like welling up, welling up. Look, look over the diva; she's fucking balding. She's got a box of tissues in her hand. She just passes the box to me. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was just my personal moment where I, you know, just, you know, lost it there. But just the story that they were doing for this season, I was just really ecstatic about. I just really enjoyed the slow pace that they're going. They're sticking with their formula, you know, like like who we talked about. They're not changing anything because they went to Netflix. Netflix is letting them do what they do, and it's working. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I don't want to say that I hated it. Because I did enjoy it. I mean, I I think that I enjoyed season two a little bit better than season three. Um, I think I enjoyed a lot of the in-jokes a lot more in season three than I did in season two. With, like, one person calling Danny an asshole and being the real bully of the school when he went there with John. Yeah, oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, I yeah, agree. that part. With... <laughs> I heard you were the <laughs> real bully. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it was great seeing the reveals of the characters that showed up in Okinawa. Um, but to me, like I told the ghoul, the biggest thing for me was William Zapka, once again, being the best part of that show. Like, you have no show without Johnny. Like, he is the light of that show, and as long as he's there, I'm there for it. And I think that uh, having John Kreese as the main villain once again, showing you how just fucking dirty he can be, was another highlight. But for me, you guys cried at one particular sequence. I was dry as a fucking Sahara Desert. I felt nothing. You know, I just, I didn't, I, just, I don't know. 
Maybe it's because of my headspace, like I said, because I'm going through some things in my personal life. But at the same time, no. I went through that entire scene. I was like, wait a second. Where is it that I'm supposed to cry? And I texted the ghoul, and he's like, oh, that one scene. I was like, that was it? I was like, cool, cool, cool. And I just kind of moved on <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but like I also explained to you, I honestly think that there's a world of a different connection that somebody like me, the monkey, and the dean have to this movie series than you, who's a little bit younger than us. I mean, you're approximately seven, seven years younger than me, eight years younger than me, actually. Um, so yeah. there is a difference of where we were in our lives when we were first introduced to the Karate Kid and these characters versus where you were in your life in the nineties when you were first introduced to it. Yeah. Which yeah. I do and I feel yeah. like makes a deeper connection to all of this. You know, we were a part yeah. of the karate kid when it was a craze that swept the nation, you know? So, so there's a lot of goings on there that, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the Dean will have a story at some point, you know, about, joining karate because of the karate kid. I know I have a story yeah. of joining karate because of the karate kid. I wouldn't be surprised if the monkey has a story about joining karate because of the karate kid. Yeah. And, and, and dealing with Peter Cetera <laughs> on VH, v, uh, Peter Cetera on VH1 every third video because of the karate kid too. <laughs> 1986. Glory of yeah. love. You know. Esposito, you're the best around. Fucking Yeah, but that didn't have a music video like Peter Cetera did. Again, though, that song, though, Why a Night in Shining Armor has nothing to do with martial arts. <laughs> it's like you're singing that about English fairy tales. It has nothing to do with the Kid Part 2 either. They just needed a song, so they plugged it in. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Cetera, give us your latest piece of crap. Here you go. <laughs> they, just have to have on, they had somebody on like, contract, and it was like, hey, what can we do? Hey, you know, songs in, in movies seem to work well. What can we put in here? Well, it's a love scene. Oh, look, they're, they're, they're in by some castle. It doesn't matter that it's like Japanese or anything like that, you know? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> It's like so a what samurai about you, Dean? in shining armor. That's what it should have said. Not a knight. It's like a samurai yeah. in a shining yeah. armor, like long time ago. <laughs> That's so did you guys actually end up? So did you guys actually end up taking karate classes? Yes. Oh, we'll absolutely. get into that. We, uh, yes, we did. Oh yeah, we we'll did. get into that at another time. Yeah, it's a story for another time. But I do want to uh, just uh, say for a minute, and this is directly directed specifically. Uh, at the King of Horror, uh, that it's time to to let go of your uh, your fantasy uh, developed from a fun internet video of Daniel being the illegitimate winner of the All Valley Under 18 Karate Championship because the brain kick uh, was a legal technique. Uh, if you go back and uh, watch uh, at the start of the tournament, Ali specifically tells him uh, everything above your waist is a point. You can hit the head, sternum, kidneys, and ribs. Got it? We learn during the tournament that direct punches to the face uh, are not considered points, but a kick to the face is. In fact, I think uh, Johnny's first point against Daniel is a kick to the face. And you see other points being scored throughout the You Are the Best Around tournament montage with kicks to the face. The crane kick in the 1984 All-Valley Underage Karate Tournament was a legal move, uh, <laughs> making Daniel LaRusso the actual champion. 
Now it's a nice it's a nice take uh, in developing the Cobra Kai series uh, in season one, and I do agree with you about Johnny being the center of the show because he is. Uh, season one, uh, you know, Daniel Larusso was was a side player in season one. It's Johnny's story ultimately. Uh, other characters' stories have grown and developed as the three seasons have gone on, but I do agree with you about Johnny being the center. Um, but he 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 was the loser of the 1984 tournament. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but you know what? He's got the better story. Well, last week on this very program, you 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 made an argument <laughs> that he was the true champion. He is. In my mind, he is the best around. Because you can't fucking have this little scrawny kid from Jersey go, hey, yo, Mr. Miyagi, teach me karate. And then two weeks later, he's got a black belt and he's kicking ass. The All Valley Tournament. All things being fair and equal, we do not know that Daniel uh, completed all of the true steps that you must in order to become a black belt. He did compete with a stolen black belt. That is the truth. I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. He did. Because, because, of, because, of, because, black belt. Be, because, because of Miyagi-Do, belt is only used to hold up pants. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, you know, Danny <laughs> matched with the class in two weeks with his aging, you know, maintenance man from Okinawa. Meanwhile, Johnny's been fucking getting his ass kicked his entire life for karate because of John Creese, fishing, the ultimate sensor. Fisherman, fisherman. He worked as maintenance man, but he was fishing, fishing man. Father was fisherman. <laughs> and I, like, Grandfather I, I was fisherman. <laughs> yeah. Fancy pants, uncle, uncle, come from China. <laughs> but there's one in front of Tay. Okay. Yeah. Empty hands. So, watching, watching Danny in, in Okinawa get his ass fucking handed to him. I loved it. I was like, finally, somebody's <laughs> making this bitch go down to his. Face. I was like, won't be able to do it, but someone else can. Thank you, sir. You get all my respect. Yeah, How'd I fucking you do loved that? it. <laughs> Because you're my bitch, that's how I did it. <laughs> you going around acting like you know everything. <laughs> exactly. Bow to the fucking master. Now go home and fucking cry. And that's what you're gonna do with your car dealership. <laughs> By the way, Johnny should have won. I was. Like, yeah, I saw it all. He <laughs> <laughs> went went back and watched the video. You know, saw all the practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had the VHS. John Creese saw all the what? <laughs> all the press clips. The, 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 the press clips and all that <laughs> stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, like whenever they look at pictures of other characters at the show, like I love it. They're all like press snippets or like Team Beat magazine <laughs> like photos. Like no, nobody has like a regular photograph of themselves. Like I loved her and Johnny's whole little snippet when he was showing all the all the little poses and everything. And he's like, yeah, the oil. He's like, the oil's a mess. And I'm just thinking in my head, man, that is William Zabka doing what William Zabka is doing because you know he knows exactly what that is. You know how many times he's had to pose for these fucking things for these magazines and all that shit no, no, during that, the eighties. Here's a little piece of trivia. Uh, those pictures were actual photos that he took for a teen magazine back in the 80s yep. for like teen B had, or 16. Those were like actual pictures from, the, from, from one of those shoots. And I had no doubt about that when they were doing it. You know what I mean? When I watched the scenes mm-hmm. happening, it's the first words out of my mouth were, those are probably actual shots of his. And he's speaking <laughs> from experience when he's talking about this oil problem because it was probably a pain in the ass when they were teenagers. 
<laughs> it was so much fucking fun. Um, and yeah, it's just again the 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 people they kept bringing in, you know, from other movies and stuff like that. I I just enjoyed that they kept doing that. Um, but one thing I think King brought up though, and I think they need to maybe possibly do this is they, you know, while episodes, I mean, seasons two and three have been fun, I do think they need to recenter the show more around Johnny. And just bring it back. Mm-hmm. Eagle back. Well, again, but I think the big thing <laughs> you have to remember is that the show still is centered around Johnny. Even though we're seeing the other characters and everything, it's all in direct response. All of this, everything we've seen go on is all because of Johnny and his relationship initially with Miguel, which was based on his right. ego issues because of what happened with Daniel and his daughter. Um, so essentially we still are at the exact same point. We're just kind of like, if you took season one, right. And started it as Johnny in the, in the center, it's just a widening circle of his influence as the show is continuing mm-hmm. to go. Now, by the time, if the, if the writers are doing this correctly, by the time all is said and done, our final se- our final season will eventually crash back in on Johnny, like those expanding balls that you can get at those science centers and shit where you like, you know, they <laughs> fold up and they fold out, they fold up, they fold out. That would be the perfect way for this show to go. Um, I have plenty of theories where I think they're going to go with it. I have a theory on one of the characters who flipped this season who I don't trust in any way, um, even though That's I know good. they were leading up towards it during the season. I just think where it occurred, how it occurred was just suspect. Um but we'll uh, see, we'll see okay. in season four. Yeah. And yeah. in, in, in the meanwhile, uh, the diva said, you know, um, that the new name should be Miyagi Thang. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Johnny can't accept that, man. Put it like an eagle. Eagle Fang. <gasps> eagle Fang karate. <laughs> I, said, all- I said this to... I said this to the, the ghoul we were talking about, and I unfortunately want to like go back and find it, but I can't remember which episode it was. I, it might have been the episode at the, at the, at the hearing uh, to determine whether or not the tournament was going to stand. But uh, Johnny, it's the first time Daniel hears it, but Johnny references uh, his dojo, his Eagle Fang Karate. And there's just this brief <laughs> moment where look. Daniel gives, he gives him that little side look when he says it. It's just, it's amazing. I was dying. I thought that was absolutely perfect. Uh, I think it was in that sequence, but I have to, I'd have to, have to go back and look. Yeah, it was yeah, that sequence it was, because uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just funny as hell, man. <laughs> so funny. It so was, funny. Like, like, like are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the beginning of the season. When they brought up the, the fight at the school, I just fucking I couldn't stop laughing because it was like karate clash, karate right at the high school. We gotta stop the karate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, it's, it's, well, it's perfect. I, when when the when the the lead voice, the lead, the woman who was like the council lead, when she says, "I have just never understood the fascination with karate in the valley," <laughs> like it just said so much, like encompassing uh-huh. like the whole show <laughs> and like the Karate Kid lore going back to the the first. Well, the first and the third movie, anyway. Like it just was such a, was, was such a statement that that kind of sums up the absurdity that this whole universe exists. Yes, 
But at the same time, too, it speaks volumes to the absurdity of what the 80s were. You know, you got to remember something. The Karate Kid was a direct response to all the martial arts films of the 70s and the 80s. There were, think about how many American ninja movies there were. Ninja movies, you know, Kinte, all that different stuff. Oh, absolutely, man. It was absurd. Every the amount ninja, 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 ninja throughout the 80s. Karate Kid rip-off <laughs> movies, like, out the wazoo. No retreat, no surrender, baby. Absolutely. Showdown. <laughs> Showdown. Awesome. Let's be blank. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. You know, The Last Dragon. You know, all of these films. <laughs> You know, the 80s were crazy with it. And I, you know, that person, yeah, they sound like the voice of reason when they say, they say, you know, they don't understand it in the all valley. But like how I hear it in the meta sense is, is I just don't understand the fascination with this society in general with this whole thing. Like it becomes this huge craze and then it fades away. We saw it again in the early 90s when the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit the scene. You know, all of a sudden, yet again, we had this huge karate. Craze. Then it dies down for a while. Then the Power Rangers came out. Again, big, huge yep. karate freaking phase goes to the United States. All these kids want to go learn karate because you want to be like the Go Go Power Rangers. And, and it's, it's like a, a constant. You like the what? Where it's just like, <laughs> you know, the Go Go Power Rangers, baby. Not me. That was all my. I had a cousin. My cousin Mikey was all for them, man. Like that, that definitely was uh, not my thing. They were a fake Voltron to me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Zords, and Mega Zords, and all that bullshit. They equated it to Loose. I love that. Like, you're gonna Footloose us? You're gonna ban karate? Yeah, you better not be pressing karate in there. <laughs> so good. But yeah, it just yeah, the series is fun. It's like, and I, I think they keep getting better and better with their jokes as well. Uh, and I just also liked how uh, when the king was watching it, he talked about you know how they seem to be holding back from the language and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, just wait till the last episode, king. <laughs> That's where they drop all the language. <laughs> they they, they, they save it all for the at the end. Like that would angry. What <laughs> hey, assholes! <laughs> the guys, you potty mouth. <laughs> this is YouTube anymore. Feels <laughs> <laughs> great all around. Uh, Dean, I want to get to you for horror news and see what you got going on in the world of horror in 2021. Oh, Stay hard, I thought you would never ask. I thought you would never ask. Um, like a knight first, in shining armor uh, <laughs> from a long time ago. <laughs> After fucking today, I want to go to my fucking castle far away, man. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm going was a to. was a week. once once we get off the air. <laughs> yep, I uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Dante, and I'm, I'm gonna mix all of it together. Okay, I'm gonna take the Frankenstein and this shit and that shit, and I'm gonna put it all together in the biggest the brown bomber salad ever seen. <laughs> That shit's so good to make you shit your pants. Are you gonna have to? Ha- ha- are you gonna need help lighting it? <laughs> because no, nope. I have three ends. <laughs> I use my toes. 
<laughs> I've got a, uh, <laughs> I got a very, very entertaining smoking pipe going to a friend for Christmas tomorrow. I hope he enjoys it. Yeah. He's got no idea that this thing is coming and, and it's made even better by the fact that he told me That his parents tend to open his Christmas gifts Or at least they've been opening packages That have been coming to his house So I really, 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 really Really, 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 really I have hope they open this one Is this someone that listens to the show? He has listened in the past He's not going to be listening tonight so you say, so you say that this, can I ask can I ask questions then? Is it gonna sure be a giant glass cock? I can show you pictures. <laughs> is it is it like a is it like a is it like a dick that you put in your mouth and then like the balls is where you hold and like the top of the balls is where the weed goes? <laughs> yes, yes indeed. And it's rainbow colors. And I really, 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 really want his parents to open it. I had no doubt that that's what it was. <laughs> All right. it, is, it is fantastic <laughs> and it is rainbow. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. <laughs> he's gonna. Oh yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. And 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 knowing him, he's gonna feel too bad to not have to at least use that gift once. So I know he's gonna send me a picture at some point or another of him using it. And if he he's gonna try to do it via Snapchat. And if he thinks that I'm not taking a screenshot of that fucker, you know he's got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so mean. <laughs> what do you have for news? Well, uh, unfortunately, this week uh, in in our sphere, uh, several deaths uh, that I just want to comment on uh, very briefly. Uh, first, the first leading lady of British horror, uh, Hammer Horror star uh, Barbara Shelley, has passed away at the age of eighty-eight. Um, I did not see a cause of death listed, um, but uh, tremendous presence in the world of Hammer Horror. Uh, also, uh, actor Gary Clark, who played uh, none other than uh, Steel in George Romero's finest work, Day of the Dead, uh, passed away at the age of 73. And finally, uh, we had the very, very, very bizarre saga of Tanya Roberts, uh, Tanya Roberts, uh, the star, uh, well, one of the stars of a uh, film covered on this show uh, a little ways back, The Beastmaster, uh, passed away, uh, or was reported to have passed away prematurely, uh, then the next morning did ultimately pass away. So, um, you know, Tanya Roberts, uh, you know, the stuff that boners of 12-year-old boys are made of, because in 1982, in a PG film, you can show boobs, and I'm going to take a, take a wild guess that uh, Tanya Roberts' boobs were the first boobs that a lot of little kids saw in the movies. Um, very career, a uh, lot of um, lot of like weird, uh, you know, pseudo exploitation flicks. My favorite one being called Purgatory, and uh, you know, uh, then a then a kind of career rebirth uh, as uh, with her role on. Uh, that 70s show, a show that, I, that I've never watched. So uh, the Tanya Roberts saga has sadly come to an end with her passing away at the age of 65. Thank you, Dean. Indeed. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. R.I.P. Twice, you know, being that we got reported her death two times. You know, made me have to recant it once and then repost it again. You know, all I did was just edit it each time and just whatever. This is what it is, man. It's sad. It's a horrible loss and... Uh, 
yeah, it's just one one of many. It's just how it's been going. We're getting older and more people are fucking dying that we know. It sucks. That's just the way it's going to be, man. Ozone from fucking breaking and breaking to Electric Boogaloo passed away. Fuck uh, me. This past week, dude, so fucking sad. So fucking sad. Uh, God, do I love those two movies with every ounce of my being, and I have no problem mm-hmm. saying it. I'm not ashamed at all. Um, Ooh, and I think you got the them for me on DVD, takes... bro. I know, dude. It's one of the first DVDs I got. It was a birthday present. Yeah. <laughs> or a and Christmas gift, one I... or the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, speaking of which, yours is in the mail. should be arriving in a day or two. Um, Sweet. The, uh, the second movie... Uh, which, in my opinion, is a superior film to the first. Uh, mm-hmm. It's much maligned and takes a lot of shit because of its title, uh, but it's a, it's a much better film than, than the title, uh, than the shit that it takes uh, from its title uh, actually, um, you know, actually is. Uh, so very, very sad to, to see that, that news as well, uh, him passing away, I believe, due to COVID-related complications. Yeah, like my experiences with those films, like you know, I saw Electric Boogaloo first, um, when it was I saw that in the movie theater, man. Damn, dude. See, nah, man. Nah, not me, bro. I didn't see that. I saw the first jersey. one in the movie theater. And we had cable. <laughs> Damn, monkey. Good for you, dude. That shit's fucking awesome. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. Now I'm hoping that the Mahoning Drive-In does a fucking break-in and break-in two freaking driving thing on a weekend, man. That would be amazing. Um, but yeah, no, like I caught the second movie. When it was like airing during one of the, it was on like a constant cycle on like Cinemax or Showtime or something when we first moved to Jersey. And like that was the first I'd ever heard of it. I was like, hmm, Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. And I remember reading like what the description was in like the TV guide, you know, back when we needed to use that to, to actually see what the hell was coming on. And it was like, oh, that sounds like, you know, could be a fun film. Watched it. And then I was like, oh shit, it's a sequel. And I remember, I think it was um, Easy Video where I rented Breakin' and ended up taking that back to A. Glendale and watching that there. But I had rented that on VHS from fucking Easy Video, man. Back in its, well, <laughs> back in its original location, where, where it was when I first moved into Jersey, was across the street, kind of, from where uh, the Shell Station was, where I worked. So it became like an HR block or a Coldwell Bank or some tax place afterwards. Uh, Little Caesars Pizza was in that same thing. But that was originally where Easy Video was when I moved into the area. Hmm. Okay, so Dean's trying to like figure this out now. He's trying to figure out where it was that he remembers it because it moved to that other shopping center by the food town at a later point. Okay, so what else you got now, Dean? <laughs> so uh, we, we, we spent so much time talking about uh, Cobra Kai uh, But I do just want to say that the creators of Cobra Kai uh, In regards to season 4 uh, Have announced uh, that they do right now Tentatively plan to begin filming in early 2021 uh, Obviously like with everything else in the fucking universe right now COVID uh, might play a role in whether that is able to happen uh, or not. They said that they actually, just in case, did uh, build some of the sets uh, that they've been used. If they're not able to film on location, they did build some sets uh, that can be used. Uh, they said right now uh, the scripts are just about done, uh, that they're being made to make sure that they're really solid, they're getting all their ducks in a row, and uh, that obviously the the of the utmost importance is the safety of the cast and crew, but Cobra Kai is looking to get their 
uh, get season four filming, uh, you know, up and running sooner rather than later. Um, you know, my hope, my personal hope, of course, would be uh, for them to get it cranking and then to be, you know, following the news along and, and be looking forward to season four roughly around the same time uh, next year. I found that kind of New Year's Day was like, what a perfect day for them to fucking put that thing out, you know. Um, so I would hope for that to maybe become like an annual tradition uh, for the next three years, because Ralph Macchio did say that they have a story outlined uh, for six seasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Be a nice tradition. Nice. New Year's, the season of, of, of Eagle Fang. Be nice. Yes. <laughs> so I am. Uh, happy, on... I'm happy to report. I have news. I have news. Breaking news, or at least somewhat breaking news. PBS has announced something. They, after 20 years, are canceling Caillou. So yeah, if any if any parents <laughs> out there know who or what Caillou is, this is indeed. A day of celebration now. The one that went down in infamy, but is now turned to celebratory. I mean, this, this of course could be an Antifa scam. Don't, don't get me wrong. That could, that could happen. This could all be a controversy. You know, this could all be part of the count and all that stuff. But it looks like it's a fact that PBS indeed is canceling Caillou. That bald-headed little bastard is going to be gone. <laughs> I guess the I guess the treatments didn't work. <laughs> Ouch. That's mean, monkey. Oh, my God. That could be taken in so many different contexts. Dude, dude. Sorry. I hate that little fucker. Sorry. No, but man. You just took it and made wizard territory. That's not cool. All right. I mean, I guess, and he's an asshole. Yeah, but man, <laughs> I think now everybody has to send. I think everybody has to send the monkey some wigs. That's what needs to be done, man. <laughs> okay, send wigs. Send all your donations to the right causes, but uh, send be the wigs careful. to the monkey. Be, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> That's the king yeah, out. I'm I'm factory, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've become the Chia fucking warehouse. Because apparently yeah, the fans are now be able to open Oh, yeah, did you get a like new a one? <laughs> yep, Friday, I'm getting a new one from our fan, TA. So thank you. Thank you for your support, TA. God damn you with this fucking Chia patch. This is cool, man. That's always cool. So is, is your Miyagi Chia sprouting? Are you finally seeing no. sprouts? Selfie, huh? Yo, you oh, got to well, clap your hands. My baby Yoda is starting to show to some do, grass. Kids. You need to clap <laughs> yeah, your hands no. and then rub them back and forth <laughs> together and then place your hands on the Miyagi Chia and it will start to grow. Oh. No. <laughs> Fisherman technique. If done right, no can defend. No can defend. <laughs> I'm not going to open, so there you go. I have to start with that one. See if shit will make it grow. <laughs> Try so, to just wave your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. She it too. Like it's a <laughs> just like, now, you know what? Now I can't stop seeing the king dancing around his kitchen with Chia pets. Straight up like, yeah, that's- straight up like bouncing. You know, breakdance style, back and forth. He does does a pop and lock, points at the Miyagi Chia. It just sits there and looks at him. 
This is a chia pet. <laughs> That's what I've been doing all along, because I'm doing the Buffalo Bill dance, the Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus. You know, tucking my dick in between my legs, and would you fuck me, Miyagi? I fuck me. Fuck me hard. Oh, come on now. That's too real. You know, you know you don't have enough dick to tuck between your legs, man. Come on. See, <laughs> it's a lot of bush in this ball. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can tuck it <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like poking it in. It's like a little soft button, you know. <laughs> <laughs> The turkey timer. Yeah. Thanksgiving dinner is ready. We have erection. It's ready to go. Do I smell biscuits? Yeah, pop it bread. You can tell I'm not married or anything. <laughs> Rest easy, folks. We are actually a horror podcast. I swear, we do talk about horror movies at some point or another. <laughs> yeah, these up. Right. <laughs> Pick it up, my penis. <laughs> oh, that's like girl. <laughs> so, Keen, like, what else do you have to speak of? <laughs> So this is what I have to speak of. I was just talking about uh, the season for uh, production plans. And uh, on that note with them saying uh, early 2021 and and COVID concerns, uh, the Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, uh, has called for a halt uh, to productions in Southern California um, because the, you know, COVID rates in that area are climbing astronomically. Like there's legit, like, not even an emergency room bed uh, anywhere for anybody uh, to have right now. Uh, They said that they want uh, production to shut down till at least the 18th of January. Um, Talk about it. It doesn't exist. The numbers are fluffed. uh, It's not real. (laughs) uh, And they have encouraged their members to, to refuse any offerings of like outside jobs uh, that they might receive at this time. Uh, And that it's a temporary hold. Um, and that it will be reviewed and whatnot, and this is what they are that what they're recommending strongly because of how out of control COVID is in Southern California. Yeah, okay, it's really spiking out there. <clears throat> so, there so there's that. And uh, with that, uh, moving on, uh, the uh, Roku company uh, is currently in talks to acquire everyone's favorite failed streaming service Quibi. Uh, they're, well, not acquiring Quibi, but envi- it, uh, acquiring their library of content, including uh, 50 States of Fright. Now, all along, uh, really, there's been positive reviews as far as the actual content. Um, just the service and the delivery method just didn't catch on. And we're not here to have a discussion about Quibi, uh, but just to talk about uh, the potential for, for their library of content to see the light of day uh, once again, so I'll, I'll continue to keep an eye on, on that and, uh, you know, update us, update us as that goes along. Uh, moving on from Quibi, uh, Evil Dead, uh, everyone's, uh, everyone's favorite Ash. Uh, we have learned that uh, Bruce Campbell uh, will be once again uh, voicing the role of Ash for the Evil Dead video game, uh, but it was announced that 
uh, Dana DiLorenzo, uh, who played Kelly on Ask First the Evil Dead, is going to be voicing her character, uh, who is going to be part of the Evil Dead video game as well. Uh, so not just Bruce Campbell, uh, Dana DiLorenzo is returning to the fold as well uh, to voice Kelly for the Evil Dead video game. Very cool. Love it. Were any of you... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, sorry, I was clearing my throat. Oh, I apologize. Uh, I do not know uh, if any of you... Did any of you watch the uh, the reboot uh, for the Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, that we talked about like a year ago or so? Did any of you ever watch that? Yeah, it was three episodes. wasn't bad. Yes. Uh, yes, it was three episodes and... Season two is on the way. Uh, you know, there's a teaser out there. I didn't get a chance to check it out, but I know that uh, people were really stoked about the Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot, and uh, the Are You Afraid of the Dark universe is going to carry on uh, with a second season. Uh, speaking of carrying on, uh, we have talked about on this show about how uh, the very popular series Dexter uh, is going to be returning uh, to the small screen uh, with Michael C. Hall uh, once again stepping in uh, to the title role. Uh, I will say the same thing that I said then. Uh, I never watched uh, one minute of Dexter, but I do understand that there was like mass fury and anger about the poor finale of that series. Uh, and what I'm here to say is that Michael C. Hall has stated that uh, it is his hope and belief uh, that this new 10-episode uh, miniseries of Dexter will, will right the wrongs uh, for the people that have been upset all this time. Hope so. Because uh, <laughs> I know you will about all that, about man. That. I'm, just ho- I'm just hoping for something stronger than the last few seasons. You know, I'm hoping yeah. for whatever comes to just be on par with like those first four seasons, man, I'll be happy with that. Hell, I'll even go five seasons. But you know, I don't mm. know. It was uh, the, the show got ganky after a bit, and it was it was a struggle at times. You know, I wanted to see where the character ended, which is the only thing that kept me going with it. You know, but uh, I know Clancy Brown, I guess, has been put on as the uh, the villain, apparently, which I that always love excites me. I fucking love. Clancy Brown, you know he's one know of that. those. I, I did not know that. I am a I am a huge fan of Clancy Brown. I love that guy. Very nice. I I got turned on to him specifically through like I've obviously seen him in other things like Pet Cemetery Two and stuff like that. But him his brother Justin in the HBO oh, series okay. Carnival was fucking mm-hmm. incredible. The character portrayal that he put together for that and such a short lived series that never got never got its legs. It was supposed to go for a couple more seasons to really tell its story. Oh, man, was he amazing in that. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. He he was also uh, the tightest screw uh, to ever walk a turn at Shawshank Prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also in Starship Troopers. Uh mm-hmm. Super, super fun uh, film, but I don't know uh, if anyone. Show. What's that? Thanks to the we covered that on the show. Thanks to the monkey. 
That was one uh, of the yes, monsters. Uh, also starred in uh, Starship Troopers, covered right here on Talking Terror. And uh, you know, my <laughs> favorite, my 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 favorite personal uh, role of Clancy Brown. Um, I don't know uh, if this has ever come up in conversation. This particular film that we've had, uh, but there is a movie from 1983. Uh, I believe it is the true holder of this title uh, that stars. Uh, Sean Penn and Isai Morales uh, called Bad Boys, uh, the true bad boys, not the Will Smith, Martin Lawrence nonsense uh, that takes place uh, in a in a in a in a prison, a juvenile prison uh, for violent criminals. And uh, Viking uh, Clancy Brown plays a character of Viking, uh, one of the one of the inmates in a very powerful performance. Uh, That's very first film. Yeah. Uh, Did you has anybody seen that film? I yeah. That's I have not, you know, and that's one of those that, it, you know, what would happen a lot of times when Bad Boys was on and doing its cable run, I would see Bad Boys come up on the. T- I've never been a fan of the, uh, the the recent Martin Lawrence Will Smith series, just not for me. No, I mean, just never got into it. A lot of people love it. Don't fault them. As for a that. fan of Will it's Smith, like, it's not for me. It just wasn't for me either. You know what I mean? But what would happen is, is there would be runs on cable and I would see bad boys and I would see 1983 and I'd be like, Oh no, no thanks. So I would never end up watching it. You know, <laughs> I figured it was just something that was either tied to that or just another movie, but uh, you're saying yeah. it's good. So I'll, uh, I'll have to take no, a look. No, not, a, not only am I saying that it's good. Uh, one, uh, it was when I was a kid, it was one of the most impactful movies that I had seen at the time. Uh, way back in the in the 80s, uh, before uh, cable TV really hit all of our homes, uh, there uh, you know there was only a handful of channels, and uh, you know in, and maybe you'll remember the the, the name of this uh, program, but uh, on Channel Six they would do something called the Million Dollar Movie, uh, like late nights on the weekends, and uh, mm-hmm. yep. I caught I caught that movie on uh, you know on the Million Dollar Movie on Channel Six and like didn't know what it was. And when I watched it, you know, I was, I was young uh, and five minutes of watching it. Like I knew deeply that it was something that I certainly was not supposed to be watching uh, at, you know, at the age that I was and like what I was allowed to watch and what parameters were set, et cetera, et cetera. But I was just kind of captivated by the story and the performances. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful performance by, by Sean Penn. Um, but uh you know, it's it's a really really fucking good movie, and it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until many years later, maybe uh, you know, when I would just spend you know free time wandering the video store or wandering like a Sun Coast Pictures, and like came across it, uh, did I learn its title? Um, but uh, but yeah, man, uh, I cu- I couldn't recommend that one uh, more, and and I truly mean that, like. You know, there's all kinds of movies all the time. Like, oh, you gotta watch that. You gotta watch that. But this, this is one of my like, this is one of like my my um, you know, like foundation movies and becoming like a like a true lover of the movies without question. Um, oh, and, and he was also the current uh, Highlander, but there could only be one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. But also, Bad Boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rick Rosenthal directed Bad Boys. What's funny, which is funny too, is that I uh, that million dollar movie thing, right? That is actually where I saw the original Willard 
back in the day. You know, the original oh, movie, it, it was on like, you know, a midnight <laughs> movie type of deal. And there was the, the following night, which I ended up talking my parents into letting me stay up so that I could watch it, was the sequel, Ben. So they did Willard, Willard Night 1 at midnight, and then the following night was Ben Night 2. So, but, uh, yeah, so I do, I do remember the Million Dollar Movie Program very well because of that. <laughs> Two really good ones, but Ben's the better one if you ask me, but... Yeah, remember it well. But, all right, Dean, uh, what yeah. do you have next? Uh, well, just this is just a final statement. I should have probably referenced this one with Clancy Brown before I went on my whole ramble about uh, Bad Boys, but uh, he was also in a late 80s, very, very, very underrated, uh, under-the-radar action flick uh, starring uh, Tom Berenger and Sidney Poitier and Kirstie Alley that's called Shoot to Kill, um, which, uh, you know, is, is, is one of my kind of unheralded favorites from that era as well. So if anyone ever get a chance to check that one out, uh, I'm a big fan of that as well, with also a, a, a fine performance from, from Clancy Brown. Excellent. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, because uh, here at Talking Terror, we leave uh, no uh, stone unturned or no hosts unstoned. Um we have, we have learned. We try, man. We try. I just bought Bad Boys. <laughs> we unfortunately, have, not a, we, it's not on movies anywhere, though. I'm sorry. Oh man. Uh, uh, none other than uh, Regal Cinema, uh, regardless of skyrocketing COVID cases across the land. Uh, Regal Cinema is hoping to reopen uh, their movie theaters by March. Uh, we oh, have talked so much in the back half. Uh, we spoke we so much in the back half. <laughs> of 2020 about uh, AMC and Cinemark and Regal and who's opening and who's closing and who has to close for good and blah, 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 uh, until they all had to shut down. But now Regal is hoping to open by March. Indeed. Well, you know, Regal, I don't know. They, uh, they don't have as many of them around here as they once did. So they, uh, good luck. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how the AMCs are doing. I still haven't, you know, all I'm getting is the emails every now and again saying that they'll, uh, you know, that they're suspending, you know, reactivating anybody's account automatically until like March. So they are all trying to hold off. But I think as we're seeing like the HBO Max release of Wonder Woman and, and all these other things going on. Oh, sorry. I had to sneeze there. Um, they, uh, <laughs> A lot of things are trending towards the the streaming and, and and all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, and I guess they're still doing these uh, home premiere types of releases too, where it's in theaters and you can rent it, you know, through whatever digital means for you know an exorbitant amount of money for for one rental. But again, if, if that's what you want to do, no fault on you. I wait for them to be purchasable. So I want to own it. If I'm spending twenty bucks, it's not to watch it once; it's to watch it whenever I want. Yeah, me too. I have freaky that way, so that's for twenty bucks. So I, oh, yeah, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on freaky. They only have it for rental right now, so yeah, that's it. You know, but I, I didn't rent it. I want to get the physical, but <clears throat> saw that in the theater. That was my one experience. You want to get physical? Physical? Yeah, <laughs> like, like get physical. I do. In the worst way. Can I hear your Let body? Me hear your body rock. Hear your body. <laughs> Is it talk? Is it rock? I don't know. You know what? I'm one of those people that if I don't know the lyrics, I kind of make them up as I go. And you know what? I've probably been singing the wrong, the wrong lyrics for so many years. It's not even funny. You know, when it comes to, when it comes to that particular song, uh, when I was a kid, I thought it was "Let Me Be Your Bodyguard." I heard "Let Me Be Your Bodyguard." 
Hey, Jig. <laughs> Could be anything you want. You're singing along in your car. You own that. You ever seen so it was, as long as it was Olivia Newton John gyrating in a little outfit, it was all good. Ooh, I liked it. I was there for it. All right, Dean. What's next? Finally, uh, one last uh, thing to mention here. Those of you that are a fan, uh, all of us who are fans of George Romero and Night of the Living Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead once again is going to see the light of day in a different arena. Uh, there's going to be a Night of the Living Dead children's book or uh, Night of the Living Dead uh, presented in the form of a children's book written and illustrated in the style of a children's book. Uh, this is being put out by a company called Gory Books. Uh, right now, you can pre-order uh, the Night of the Living Dead children's book on the WitterEntertainment.com website. Uh, there are multiple different packages, uh, different covers and artwork, uh, and uh, some with DVDs and so on and so forth. And uh, it starts anywhere from you know nine dollars and ninety-nine cents for the book, with you know special packages going all the way up to seventy-seven dollars. Uh, but uh, if that sounds like something. Uh, that appeals to you, you can pre-order that right now at winterentertainment.com. Well, I got a pre-order, man. I keep meaning to do it as they, uh, I think it's Shout or, or one of them. They're doing that uh, Serbian film. They're doing like a special release for that. So I finally want to get my, uh, my hands on that fucker. They're doing a kid's book? <laughs> yes. Yes, the kid's version of the Serbian film. <laughs> <clears throat> that would be nice to read. That's fun for the kids. Read a sports book bed at night. Yeah. Again, years and years and years of hearing that that's like, you know, the most horrible film ever made. And it's so graphic and so terrible. Hell, Ice T himself told us that that movie was the shit. And that, you know, like that was some nasty stuff. Coco watched. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the greatest interaction I think I've ever had. Where he's like, yo, yo. You're in the movies, right? Yeah. You ever seen that shit? Serbian film? It's fucked up, man, right? Serbian film? Yeah, that's some fucked up shit. That's what me and Coco are into. We sit down on the couch and we just watch that shit. It was like, dude, I see just like said sentences to us, man. Yeah, I know. Dude, we're talking about horror movies. I see. Like, holy shit, he talks just like he does in the movies and television. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and of course he had to do like the bro handshake with me. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this is really happening. I'm legit now. <laughs> Too legit to quit. So, yeah. so his face when I told him that Mike Mike O'Mahony, you know, wanted to meet him so bad his dick was hard. That was good. That was good stuff. It was just like a a look of like, oh wait a minute. That's one of my lines. He's <laughs> like, that's right. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was thrown off there for a second. But... All right. Uh, is that it for you, Dean? Is that all you have? Yeah, that, that's all I have. That's all I have. Well, the one thing oh, I wanted to talk about real quick before we is um, something that the Dean actually brought up not that long ago. Uh, the Dead Sled Coffee Company. Uh, they've been working with Robert England to make a specific coffee. He was going to pick up the oh, blend, yeah. and they were going to ship it out. You heard it here first. Uh, so, they did, yeah, they did have the article up on Buddy Disgusting about Robert England's coffee and how it was available. It was called the Stay Awake Blend. 
uh, is officially out of stock and currently unavailable. So if you're looking to pick that up, you can't. It's just not available. Well, it's immediately gone. So whether or not they're going to be shipping them out, they don't know because they have problems with licensing and packaging issues with new wine because they wanted to give it a Freddy sweater look. But yeah, apparently the product is out of stock and unavailable. But you can't pick it up. Oh, damn. It was for sale for $70 per bag, in individual bags, and now it is not. So hopefully it becomes available again. But, yeah, because I looked it up because I was actually going to buy a bag, but can't now. <laughs> so hopefully Robert England's Stay Awake coffee becomes available again, somehow, some way. <laughs> cool. Thank you, King, with the designer yeah, coffee fun. for your for your you Yeah, It's I, not the cure. Uh, I, no, it's Speaking of yes, speaking of coffee, finally, you know, me and the uh, the cool girl, we got. I got tired of having a you know like a regular style brew, cheap Mister Coffee thing that didn't make my coffee hot. It would brew the coffee, it would be like warm. I'd have to stick it in the damn microwave just to just to heat up my coffee to make my special mugs that have like little cool things that come up when you got hot shit in them come up like I got one that's Star Wars with all the freaking it's got all the lightsabers of all the various Jedi and Sith and whatnot so what happens is all the lightsabers extend when there's hot liquid inside of it so finally I bit the bullet and bought myself a Keurig uh you know got the little slim model all that shit of course the first model I buy I bring it here I go hit the button to see if it does the 12 ounce and the thing went pop and didn't do anything else. So I was like, ah, that's why it looked like it had been open before. And then I got into the argument with the woman at Walmart about how uh, they definitely had it returned to them and then just stuck it back on the shelf, to which she told me, oh, no, we don't do anything like that ever. It's like, bitch, the fucking booklets were, like, all over the place in the box, not in the little plastic bag that was sealed <laughs> when I opened my new one this time. You know, there was no wrapping or tape or anything like that on the first one that I brought out. The fucking thing still had liquid in it. You know, I still gave it a chance to see if it worked, you know, which in this I really should have just sent it back considering all the COVID shit. But, you know, whatever. I figured nobody's licking the goddamn fucking curing machine. <laughs> so regardless, yeah. it's nice to have that. At which point then the dean wanted to point out that, you know, he's got some super complicated method of coffee making that he really I enjoys. I don't have a complicated, got a very easy method of coffee. <laughs> it's a very French fucking bread. complicated method of He's got like pour over shit. He's got to go. Fucking pour over. It takes two He's got to go get on his donkey. He's got to take his donkey out to the fields. He's got to pick the coffee beans. <laughs> he's got to take the coffee beans back to his place, grind them up, and then he's got to boil water while he's grinding up those oh, beans. Put those fucking ground beans into this little net thing that he's got, and then pour that boiling water over it to slowly trickle into his little coffee pot thing. So four hours later, you finally have a cup of coffee. You know, me personally, I like my coffee within about ninety seconds. You know, and without having yep. to clean up donkey shit. <laughs> and they shit a lot. That's a lot of donkey shit. Little paritos. <laughs> Ah, it's just about that. What was that old coffee brand, man, that used to have that uh, that dude with the sombrero? I just, I just Juan, said it out loud. It was Juan, oh, Juan, Juan Valdez. Valdez. There you go. Thank you. Valdez. Valdez. <laughs> uh, he would, like, walk past the kitchen window, and he'd, like, put a bag of coffee <laughs> inside. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Juan Valdez. <laughs> it's like a weird... F- f- <laughs> weird f- Fucked up coffee Santa. I love all those old <laughs> racist freaking things, you know, stuff like that. The old Italian ch- uh, Chow, Francesco Rinaldi, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, <interesting. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's amazing. Good call. That shit was fucking hilarious. Just going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving away from coffee talk, yeah. we do have a movie to talk about. Is Evil Ed from 1995, directed by Anders Jacobson. This is your pick, Dean. So I'm going to give it over to you. Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dean. All right. So, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, first, I have to say, uh, when I made this pick, uh, Evil Ed uh, from 1995, Sweden, uh, I truly believed with every ounce of my being uh, that this is something that I had seen before, but like, you know, in like 1996 or something like that, like a million fucking years ago. Um, and uh, I like truly from the, the cover art um, and, and the story. And I, I, I will, I will say that if I did see this before, and even the title, uh, if I did see this before, I don't have, I have zero, zero recollection that there was nothing here that rung any bell in my memory in any way, shape, or form. So maybe it's possible that I didn't see this. Now, we have Evil Ed, uh, 1995 Swedish film uh, directed by Anders Jacobsen, starring Johan Rudebeck, Per Lofberg, and Olaf. <laughs> actual sweet name, Olaf. <laughs> Olaf wrote it. And character, uh, Evil Ed, uh, is, a, is a film editor uh, who uh, loses his marbles, who, who goes off his rocker, uh, the result of spending too much time uh, in the editing room uh, with, uh, with the gory, gory movies. Um, and then madness ensues. Uh, so, um, I don't know. Uh, I found this to be like like just some silly fun. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, curious to to hear what what some of your thoughts are. Right. Cool. What do you think about Evil Ed? Yeah, tell us, cool. Well, <laughs> okay. This film tries to be like a satire of what American horror films are while also trying to make fun of all the restrictions that we've seen over the years on the European marketing end of things with horror films. You know? so, so, so you have this, this, this weird dichotomy of what's going on here. The, the, the problem with this movie is that the performances aren't... It's not that they're weak. They're just bad. You know, like this is one of those movies that I probably wouldn't mind having like, you know, like an American studio take and try to like remake, polish up the script a little bit. Let's, you know, if they can keep the gore, because, you know, when the gore was done in this film, it was fun to watch. And it kind of gave me a giggle here and there. But for the most part, this film, like it, the comedy hit flat and the horror aspect hit flat. And I was kind of just left sitting there. Like, I fell asleep. Like, can I just watch this? Seriously, like, two and a half hours. Like, I watched this before the show. It ended for me at 7 o'clock. So I started it at, like, 5.30, and I dozed off, like, three times during, like, watching it. Like, you know, where I had to catch myself, rewind it, and, like, be like, oh, okay, it was only a couple of seconds. But, you know, unfortunately, it just did not hold my attention the way I would have liked it to have. Hmm. But Mel was really hot. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, Monkey, what'd you what, think? Me? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're the monkey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're the monkey? I don't monkey? know. I don't monkey. I don't know anymore. Want <laughs> to oh, Okay. Francesco? Oh, okay. I'll, okay, I'm awake now. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. 90s Swedish horror. Yeah, that's trying to be an homage to horror through humor, I guess. Um, yeah. Like the sense horror. of humor that they were trying to push it. <laughs> yeah, humor it's, through horror. Everything that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like translucent. No wait. <laughs> Coffee with donkey. Um, but <laughs> but all of the <laughs> humor that they're trying to put in here is way over the fucking top. It's like a. It was like watching a trauma movie, but a trauma movie with more of a budget. <laughs> um. And but just when you think this thing should be left on the cutting room floor, it, what do you it consider a budget? With j- <laughs> what do you consider a trauma movie? I know. Dude, well, these it, it, I, it, yeah, but also film quality was way higher in this movie than it is in most trauma movies. Mm. Which is what no, I'm getting at. But maybe that's what happens when you yeah. take 16 millimeter and, and bump it up to 35. But anyway, all right, this movie, like, I was surprised at the number of nods to, like, you know, famous horror movies that were in this thing. Plus, like the ghoul said, this movie is packed full of gory, K-Rose-soaked practical special effects, you know, so I was all over that shit. And then I, again, like the ghoul said, I was, um, you know, we had this, I thought, would he satirical and yet serious message about creative censorship in the 90s. Um, definitely when we were talking about at a time when we're starting to put ratings all over video games, all over CDs, you know, and they're jumping all over that, all over the market. This was around that time when they were starting to do all that, you know. So, you know, when you mix it all up together, it kind of makes for an interesting blood-soaked <laughs> bloodbath for us horror fans. King, what did you think of it? People had a lot back in the day when it came out on VHS, mainly because the cover art was cool, because it was a head splitting open and just said it's a no-brainer. And I was like, that's cool. You know, it's a silly over-the-top <laughs> nonsense. I had no idea it was Swedish. And I rented it for the first time. And I went back to it a few times and showed it to a couple of people because I just thought it was just so silly. And it was just not taking itself seriously at all. You know, the acting is horrible. The gore is pretty good. Um, you know, then I found out later that was actually a response to the Swedish censorship board, um, which are were very hardcore at the time about their movies mm-hmm. and about how much nudity you could show, about how much violence you could show. It was actually just disbanded in 2011, uh, the censorship board. So, I mean, it had been going on for quite some time, and Evil Ed was a response to that. But it's also a response to, I think, you know, what, what people think of violence. You know, how some people can watch a horror movie like us, and find it silly, and even though it's gory, we know it's not real. It's just over-the-top nonsense. But then there's other people that take it way too far. Not real? Like Ed. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true to me, damn it. But no. it's, um, you know, it, that's how Ed is. You know, he's very normal, very just, I have a wife and I have kids. I like to edit films and like making very much art house films. And then he gets called up to the splattering gore department, which I fucking loved it back in the day, even now. The film studio had a splatter and gore department where it's nothing but fucking techno music and hot and hot movies. That's but now it's the gore Sims department. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to work in the department. Like, which is like a response to like saying like, you know, like how Paramount probably felt about the Friday the 13th series, you know, or New Line Cinema with the Nightmare on Elm Street series. You know, wow, we're not New Line. We're the house that Freddy built, you know, and eventually it became the, the house that the Hobbits built. <laughs> the house that the mouse built. After some restructuring, mouse. yeah. But it's a, a thing of where you have the first editor in this film. You know, it's going completely insane, cutting up all the film insane. reels, all the spices of films, and eventually putting your grenade in his mouth and blowing himself up. It's like, that's how you're entering this movie. They don't hold back. <laughs> you know, we're going right into it. That loose limbs fucking tears people's minds apart. Can't handle the gold. <laughs> Sam Campbell, who looks like he could be like Griffin Dunn's stunt double. You know, he was like, that's, that's right. Just kept, every time I looked at the guy, I kind of felt like I was just looking at Griffin Dunn, just a little bit, like, wider and bulkier. A little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, I can but, <laughs> but yeah, like you were saying, King, it's like all of this is just pretty much saying what all of the sisters all over the United States, too, were saying. You know, like Kipper Gore and all of them, you know, about, you know, who you can't, can't let your kids near this stuff. You, you know, only sick, disturbed people watch horror movies. You know, you watch it, it's going to make you do bad things, you know, again, because this is one of the things, you know, hot button issues or whatever at that time. Again, instead of just making parents be parents, let's just take the easy way out and blame the media that they're watching or listening to. Yes, but but you have to remember here in the States, there might have been complaints, there might have been protests, you know, all that kind of stuff. And to some degree, yes, rules were put into place. Other countries completely would ban or, you know, censor the shit, a lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff that was getting by here was being completely omitted over there, you know. So it is nice to see them use a humorous means of kind of parodying what was going on. And I guess that censorship board was, like, around for a real long time for them. Like, I guess they didn't get disbanded until, like, real late, too, like 2011 or something like that. Yeah, as I said, yeah. yeah I believe that's, that's when, when they got disbanded. Just to reiterate, yeah, 2011. <laughs> but it's it's uh, getting up the clutter and gore department of, of uh, Louis Slim. It's one of those things where you take a guy who's used to just editing together films and being put into the gore department where he, he can handle it. <laughs> he just can't handle it. You know, he just can't handle the violence that's taking place on the screen. So he's got to edit out, which I love about this movie is showing you the old school way of how to edit movies where you have the film reels and you have to put it in the slide and look at it and then cut it and tape it back together. You know, this, it's an art form gone from the time mm-hmm. gone. I still love seeing the process. Yeah, I enjoyed them showing the process too. I, I, I personally had no idea that's how it was of, you know, how they would actually go through and t- take apart and put films together. So it was cool to yeah. see. Slicing and cutting, man. That's where the saying, you know, on the cutting room floor. It literally was mm-hmm. on yep. the floor. On the cutting room floor. <laughs> back in the day, they used to have uh, back behind the scenes footage of George Romero when he was cutting together Dawn of the Dead. He'd be leaning over that machine with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Just cutting reels and putting <laughs> that together. And... Like, that's it. That's the process. Not like that. I'm an editor. Edit together a feature, um, but it's with Ed having a wife and a kid. You know, adding that background. It's just the fact that it takes no time at all for him to do thing. Like it's just amazing in a short run of this movie how quickly he loses his shit 
after editing Wu Salentons together and having these hallucinations of the pillars in the movie popping up in his little cottage and attacking him. Creature in the fridge. Yeah. Don't open that door. I was hoping that they were going to tie like the movie studio or even like Sam Campbell yeah. into some kind of like devious plot as to why he started having these hallucinations and things. Um, you know, like we saw the original editor obviously had lost his mind as well. So maybe there was some yeah. kind of like Faustian deal or something along the lines of kind of like what we see him hallucinating. But at the same time, like I figured that they were going to come back around and there's something like true to it, but no, nah, they don't, they don't ever go that way. It just happens for reasons. Uh, so you're talking yeah, about like some kind of like pack between the studio and a demon or something. So many souls need to be consumed for this movie or something. Something that to that effect. Like they knew that this was going to happen, which is why they kept having a schlub, like you know, like Ed in this case coming in and cutting, you know, cutting the film together. You know, like there was some kind of like subliminal thing going on. Right, but on top of all that too, it's like then when you take you know uh, the idea of taking people and we talk to them every day, you know, out on the street that are just terrified of watching a horror movie in general, um, and then just imagine having to be one of those people and being forced to have to watch and rewatch and watch and rewatch, you know, over and over and over again. I have a feeling on normal people, you know. Finger quotes here. Uh, that that probably would really fuck someone up. Maybe you know it, it should be. Um, I mean, I would say here. I wouldn't say that as quote unquote normal people. Not in today's society. I would say sheltered <laughs> people, people that don't necessarily have access to things like the internet and regular television and so forth. Like me and the cool girl started watching this series. It's like ridiculous. I don't what know. It's like welcome to. It's called like Welcome to Plathville or something like that. It's on TLC. It's like taken up awesome. on this this family of like looks like a bunch of you know they, they looks like they would have been part of Nazi Germany back in the day. They're all blonde hair, blue eyed. The father's like a complete and utter douche. The mother's like a bitch. And essentially, what they did was though is they took their kids, moved them out to a farm, and kind of had lived a very isolated life. And now these kids are finally like kind of getting out and actually seeing that the world is not what their parents paid painted it out to be. It's not full of all this badness and horror and all this stuff. Um, like people like that, yeah, I think if you sat them down and started playing some of the horror movies, you know, that we tend to watch. Like if we sat like, yes, you know, if we sat yeah, he's jerking off all over the place. He's loving this. He's like, oh my God, blonde hair, blue eyes, fucking oh, they've never seen a movie before. Like if we sat down with these kids and we stuck Ichi the killer on in front of them, I think it would probably fuck up their world pretty bad. Um I think the average the average person in the United States at least we've seen plenty of these kind of things and plenty of these horrors in our own lives in reality so it's you know like think about how many shootings occur on an every like, uh, on a daily basis in this country think about how many murders occur on a regular basis everywhere you look these kind of violent things are occurring so it's not something that I think is going to scar us in any way if we see a horror film no okay. and you might be right about that. in this he has a hallucination about a mental patient that tells him that he has to kill others in order to correct the world. So you get this kind of uh, ideal in Ed's head that he has to kill people in order to kind of rid the world of violence. 
So violence for violence sake, uh, you know, is the way I took it, especially when Dan Campbell goes to visit him and he starts hallucinating him as the demon from legend, except he's white this time around and marching around in the cottage looking <laughs> Like, wow, they just got the demon from you know Legend to show up. Tim Curry, is that you? No, it's not Tim Curry. But, you know, <laughs> uh, just, just, just with white makeup and women's legs for the horns. You know, like if you looked at it, especially because he had that like little thing in the center of his head. If you flipped his head upside down, it looked like a pair of legs and a vagina right in the middle. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I did see that uh, this time around. Um, but it's, it's when Sam comes to visit him, and he hallucinates him as his white demon, snaps his neck in a panic, and then all of a sudden when he comes back, it's, oh, shit, I just killed my boss. Well, let's cue the, nip, the head bones connected to the neck bone song as I, you know, dismember <laughs> my boss. Fucking phenomenal, this little kid song in this movie as he's just taking the pieces out of the trash and throw them away. <laughs> and, and then it goes for the extra two points. <laughs> <laughs> and it, we also have a character in this movie named Nick, who is dating Mel, who's like the secretary of European films. Uh, it was the ghoul said it earlier, very fucking cute Swedish chick. Um, he delivers the wheels to Ed of loose limbs, and this is what you need to edit, and this is what the studio says. One night he decides to go in for a cup of coffee with Ed and just talk about things, but Ed at this point has already killed his boss. He's not beyond killing anybody else. But instead, he just decides to beat the fuck out of Nick and leave him on the floor. For the I mean, Bruce Campbell level of acting when he's getting his ass kicked by, you know, Ed just getting punched over and over again in the mouth. I just, I, I love it. It's just, it's you know, it's just, it's just awesome. Well, again, though, yeah, this is where I'm also co- starting to oh, see those sorry, nods. Good. Sorry, monkey. I'll, just, I'll be real quick, yeah. and then you go on, then. But this is where I'm starting no, to see those cool. nods towards a lot of other horror films. You know, camera angles used, like in The Evil Dead, <laughs> like when he's going yeah. up the stairs and all that. Like, very specific things, and I started to pick up on it more around this point, and then it made me think back to some of the other scenes and realizing that they're just kind of... They're actually copying other horror films, throwing all those kind yeah. of scenes in this movie, but giving it its own mm-hmm. like little plot all its own, which, again, is just part of the satire, which is fun. I can appreciate and enjoy it. I, like I said from the start, I just wish the performances were better. And if they could sell it better, I really would be all in for this movie. I was going to say the same thing. Good. <laughs> no, I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> no, it's cool. Uh, but again, uh, just because especially when we get to the the scene where the – excuse me, we have the two guys breaking into the house. You know, that's where they just totally rip it off <laughs> Evil Dead right there. Um, but, yeah, again, because we also had the fridge monster going around. Uh, you know, fridge monster. So, yeah, <laughs> the fridge monster is like a gremlin, like a, like a combination yeah. of a gremlin, uh, and but like the the female gremlin, and it looks uh, like a mix with like one of the characters from that 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 TV sitcom Dinosaurs, with a little bit of the mm-hmm. fucking creature from that uh, from that that uh, that eighties movie Explorers mixed in. <laughs> fucking alien. <laughs> Please, that movie is, it, that movie is great until they get to space. 
Like, I love explorers. <laughs> but once they get into, kind of, into space, it kind of gets a little bit on, like, the wonky side. Everything leading up it's to that, though, weird, I man. love that movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but no, that, I, I that love when they first open the fridge. The fridge. <laughs> you know, the thing even goes, goes bright light, bright light. Total, total gremlin <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, but then he opens it again. He goes, fuck you, Nazi. I really, <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say, I really enjoyed that creature effect. I was pl- really pleasantly surprised by it. I was not expecting that, mm-hmm. that something of that scale in that movie. <laughs> was, Sorry, King, what were you it was saying? Like, it was, I was saying that you, with the intruders, you have one with a shotgun. Then you have the other one with a fucking Uzi. I was like, only in Sweden can you just fucking have an Uzi to go <laughs> intrude in somebody's mouth to rob them of all their possessions. But it's the matter of how Edge dispatches both of these intruders like they're nothing. <laughs> Especially the one carrying the Uzi when he fucks off his fucking head and just drops it right in the next door neighbor's fucking in a well. <laughs> for her to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but when the intruders are getting ready to break into the house, they have a quick Sam Raimi style Evil Dead thing of arm it up real quick, you know, quick quick shot mm-hmm. like an Evil Dead, and then and then one dude picks up the crowbar, looks at it, and goes groovy. And I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, man, okay, now you're really Republican. before you were making nods, now you're off. But yeah, so FD dispatches them. I love how you cut back to the wife and she's making, you know, a uh, uh, birthday for her daughter, Emmy. She's like, I'm making a cake and everything like that. Your dad's probably going to come. And when she calls him, he uses the phone to bash in the intruder's face and just cuts <laughs> up. I mean, <laughs> well, I guess we got to go. Ed as a fucking psychotic is the best. Because I like him when he was normal because he's nice and sweet, but when he goes insane, he's enjoying it. Especially when he's beating up Nick. He's like, here's another one. Damn. Here's another one. One, two, three. He's punching it. He's just going insane. But it's the wife and daughter arrive at the house. I want to discover Ed's insane, but the wife finding the revolver, the intruder shoots him, and this has no effect. Because not only is he psychotic, but now he's like Michael Myers, where he can take a good hit. He's going to keep on coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he takes the shot and then gets taken away in the ambulance. We have the scene with the mom holding the daughter. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's the end of the movie. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> but <Yeah>. no. <laughs> him arriving at that hospital and he's got his. <laughs> well, man, what are you going to do with him? Oh, take him down in that room. we got to sedate him. <laughs> he's, he's too psychotic. He's too psychotic. He's psychotic. Nope. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, when, I, when this part started, too, I was in the same boat. I was like, oh, thank God the movie's over. Um, because I knew it was only an hour and a half, but then I paused and I saw it was, it was like an hour and nine minutes. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck. At least it was closer to the end. <laughs> It was, because it's the set piece of the rest of the movie. This is the third act. When he gets carried away to the hospital, then you have the doctor and the two nurses and the orderly strapping him down. And then when they sedate him, they're like, oh, no, it's fine. He's good. So just unstrap him. No, you keep him strapped down. Like, you don't unstrap him just because he, he can come out and And he does. She's got the the doctor wings what are you talking about? He's been sedated firmly. 
not in Sweden, where I'm sure they have free health care. So he only gets the best truck. But it doesn't work because he gets up and he just has to go for it and attack everybody because the doctor had a crazy face, which I thought was a great effect, too. When we talked about the monster in the fridge, I thought the, the face effects for the doctor when she went insane was pretty good, um, mm-hmm. which is what leads him to kill everybody in just such fast order. As soon as he gets up, butchers everybody in that room so he could put on a doctor's coat and go to the crazy room. Just <laughs> look at all the crazy room, pulling the telephone cord out of the wall. Like, oh, the doctor say I'm paranoid. Do you think so? No, I don't. Maybe you are. And just start shocking the shit out of his stomach. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, just because just just you're paranoid doesn't mean I'm not coming to get you. <laughs> And then you have the SWAT team getting called in. And while fucking being the SWAT team, and you have the SWAT team commander just liking fucking everything. Ah, I like that shot. Very nice. I like this room. I like that door. <laughs> liking the shit out of everything with that cigar hanging out of his mouth. And it's at that, that point where Mel visits Nick in the hospital, has been taken there, and she's, you know, obviously trying to care for him, and Ed sees them and just, no, the bitch is going to go. So he takes her away to a different room where he's going to perform some kind of weird surgery because he's just psychotic. This but it's just the fact that you think that the SWAT team's going to stop him. Like, how in the fucking world is this one person going to stand to an entire SWAT team? But he does, which is why I just I love the engagement that he has with the SWAT team, where they're taking all these shots but missing every single one. Until Ed gets a hold of one of fucking automatic. Like, how did you miss that? You shot. He's taking you guys out one by one. Somebody's got to get a good shot. Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, <laughs> military can't shoot with shit. They're know? fucking stormtroopers. <laughs> no. They can't. They, well, I yeah, of, exactly. I They're, think of like every '80s military film that we saw too. You know what I mean? Where you got guys running around, machine gun fire everywhere. Like look at Commando. You know Arnold Schwarzenegger, the one man army. You know going up against fucking everybody, and everybody misses. You know <laughs> until finally he comes up against that one bad guy. You know, speaking of though, I did fucking really seriously. I keep watching again and again that uh, when they change Schwarzenegger's scream. It cracks me up so bad every time, man. It's like horrible. Oh, then they had uh, that was, Schwarzenegger that was, was on a awesome. video. Did you see that video with Chris Pratt and Norm Schwarzenegger where he called him Chris Evans like five times in a row? No, no. <laughs> Chris Pratt is on the video chat, and he's like, all right, we'll have this thing, and I want to introduce my father-in-law. You know, you know him, and I hope I don't mess this up because he'll terminate me. And he goes, ah, Chris Evans, how are you? Chris Evans, it's so good to see you. Chris Evans. He's like, what? He's, oh, no, I'm sorry. Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. You're my favorite son-in-law. He's like, but I'm your only son-in-law. I hope you're your favorite. He's like, oh, yeah, Chris Pratt, this guy, not Chris Evans. <laughs> Uh, oh, I want a weird moment for Chris. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you, he's Captain America. You're the Star Lord. Get our fucking facts straight. <laughs> Star Lord. But you are the you are the greatest. Yeah. You're great. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Oh. Huh? What? Well, <laughs> the <shot> is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the SWAT team is engaging in battle with Ed. You have Nick waking up and discovering that Mel has been taken, so he's going to try to go find her. And he meets the only security guard that gives a shit about putting up tables. You can't go up there. You, you know, there's there's a foot. I have to get past. You can't take, take it off this. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. back and forth. <sighs> but, yeah, he, he dispatches that security guard, takes care of things, and runs up to start taking care of business because apparently the soldiers can't because they're getting their asses whipped upstairs. <laughs> Just insanely just getting their asses handed to them by Ed, who just ducks into a doorway and they're like, where did he go? Like, well, maybe you should form up and try to go. Instead of running out to the open and getting shot. On his head. Sorry. Like, how many rounds do you guys have where you don't have to reload or anything? You just keep shooting. <laughs> no, just drop. Unlimited fucking ammo like a video game. That's the thing about 80s action movies, man. They never fucking reload, dude. You know that. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to, at the, big, at the big fucking you, farm battle. It's it's like when you watch a Steven Seagal movie. You only reload for dramatic effect. Well, Steven Seagal was never about the guns anyway, though, man. He was all about that close quarters, I'm going to use my Aikido to kill you type of combat. <laughs> yeah, she was be like, he, he'd be, well, I guess maybe some of his later movies. See, I stopped watching him like once he did get involved with like weaponry. For me, Steven Seagal is all about like the I'm gonna walk up to you and slap you like six six different ways, and you're gonna like bend over, cry, and get a little upset. You know, it's not until like the end that maybe he pulls like a handgun or something. Yeah, yeah. He well, he would he would use a gun and uh, you know he would fire some shots and then he would then he would drop it and beat the shit out of somebody. He would like and he slapped like, like drop the gun on the floor. It'd be like, you hear this. There'd be no sound. Just a couple slapping noises, a punch, you know. Nobody ever really goes, ooh, ah, anything like that. Then he throws somebody to a table, typically. We go back and watch those first four Steven Seagal movies now. I really enjoyed those, man. That initial, the initial four, I really liked. Bye. <laughs> okay. Under siege? Counting under yeah. siege in there, huh? You do. You do. See, yeah. I, go, yeah. I go for above the law to out for justice. I go those those four, man. You got to go under siege, Tommy like Jones. Under siege from <laughs> from the first four, which were fucking fantastic, and I saw uh, marked for death and out for justice in the movie theater. And I also, uh, <laughs> out for justice was like a jump up to like a bigger budget action movie, and it yeah. just. For whatever reason, like with as successful as it was, because it was a hit, it just like never continued to to launch him into that kind of upper stratosphere. Well, it felt too much like above the law all over again. You know, like I I saw Hard to Kill in the movie theater, and I loved that movie. It was a great flick at the time. You know, so great, Um, so so great. Um, And again, I enjoyed Mark for Death. Because it's just the, the whole the whole voodoo aspect and the villains were just fantastic. Screwface was just fucking awesome, man. Um, but yeah, Above the Law and Out for Justice kind of feel like they're kind of like the same movie, you know. So and I think that might have been what it is, you That's know. Like they kind of had that that fatigue. But but yeah, I mean, Under Siege falls in there. I saw that in theaters too, and that was a good time. So I, I can't deny it. <laughs> yeah, oh, speaking of gun, that, like out, uh, Above the Law. Is is an is an kind of excellent understated action movie that is also a fucking hell 
of a fucking debut of a of an actor. Yes, yes. Well, again, at that point, you know, it was all Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Those were those were our two martial arts heroes at this point. <laughs> but if you couldn't do martial arts, you had to use a firearm, and then we get down to <clears throat> where we're kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just no, no, I'm talking about just alone. No, Kurt Russell. Talking about how we <laughs> talking about how we have our shootout, our western style shootout in the movie that we're covering. Tonight. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we had a movie to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is very much because spaghetti western has a standoff until they pull their weapons and Ed obliterates the SWAT team commander. Like not. And then he just leaps out onto the floor and it's like, well even after that he's trying to be nice, but this is what confused me about the ending of this movie, is you have Ed going back into the room where he has Mel on the gurney, and he stabs her right into the abdomen. So you think, oh, she's dead. Like, you know, she's dead. he killed her. That's sad. Nick's not going to be able to get up there in time with a shotgun to save her. But her face turns into the mental patient saying that now you have to pay for what you did. And that's when Nick shows up, blows off his hand before delivering the final death blow, which to me was the highlight of the movie, his fucking head getting blown off. Oh, God. And you just see Man, this, to the floor. These these two shots, the hand shot and the head shot, yep. both threw me off because I was not expecting the hand. I was not expecting the either of these hilarious. to be. Yeah, but mm. either of these to be as good as they were, and so over the top. Right. And when both of them happened, I, I was like, well, "What the fuck?" No, 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 no! I was just making fun of the monkey. I was making a sound effect. Sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't interrupting you, man. You're good. Just talk, brother. Talk. The head effect was great. The hand (laughs) effect was great. But when Nick walks into the room, you have this voiceover him saying, "Well, Mel survived." And I think, well, she got stabbed. Like you know, she's dead. Like how is? Well, no, don't say. If you saw when the camera backed out, though, you saw she didn't have the thing stabbed through her. At all. No, yeah. she didn't. Excuse me. But, but he stabbed her. You see the blood coming out of her, you know, her abdomen. But he, he also her saw her turn other. into a demon and talk to him. That was his hallucination. He hallucinated stabbing her. He hallucinated her sitting mm-hmm. forward. Remember, he was going back and forth through reality and, and this fictional world that he kept picturing. He never actually kills her. And when the camera pans back, you see that there's no hole. When he's getting shot and the camera moves away, she's not. She doesn't have the big metal pole through her anymore. Everything's still sitting where it normally oh, is, and she's just laying there on the bed. I just yeah. thought it was lazy. And you, <laughs> this thing that they did, not like. Oh yeah, fuck, we killed her. Oh, we'll just put in some extra dialogue at the end. Nah, she survived. <laughs> uh, uh, again, though, just show, showing the m- mental instability of him. You know, uh, and of course the goal would catch that because he's all about always making, checking all the holes and seeing if he can see all the holes in a movie. So it's all about the oh. mental illness, man. That and the memories. Yeah, it's all about the memories, man. Yeah, and the po- and the memories. poles and the holes. Holes and holes. Yes. Poles and holes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sites. Poles and holes. Holes and holes. <laughs> uh, uh, I had to let one of my uh, my subscriptions lapse because we'll just 
Uh, I was getting a little too weird with too many crossing sword scenes <laughs> coming up and stuff like that. Like, you know, what? <laughs> like I'm into the occasional, like, you know, kind of funky stuff every now and again, but this is getting a little too much <laughs> all the time. I'm going to take a break from y'all for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Be back. com. Kink dot com, man. It's good for like a couple of days, and then you're like, hmm, I should pay for this, didn't I? This is fucked up. <laughs> what are you doing? That's not... Like, oh shit, that's a clothespin. They really, wow, they got fifteen of them on there, didn't they? Holy cow! <laughs> How did they get all that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see somebody set up like a whole. I want to see like a complicated domino setup, and I want to see somebody like creep <laughs> to like push that first one over, man. Like this is the kind of stuff that like, I think of creatively that I just wish I I had somebody to do it with me or for me. <laughs> well, you just need a good <laughs> and you know this is one of those a moments good, when I slap a myself good, on a the good head squirt. I, as I look in the kitchen and my one kid walks past <laughs> the kitchen door. <laughs> something like a Friday the 13th jump scare, just something even, you know, even like a nightmare on Elm street asking like, Oh, look, you know, now Nick is going to be the guy that's all twisted and screwed up, you know, watching as he's like pulling out the knife as, uh, as what's her face is waking up <laughs> Mel. Oh, Mel, there you go. That could be like a Friday 13 part five type ending where all of a sudden mm-hmm. Tommy pops up with a man. Or maybe Nick discovers Scientology and just goes to from now on the true horror. Where it's like all of a sudden now he discovered it and now he's in a L. Ron Hubbard Dianetics and just handing out books. No, Nick, no! <laughs> Lava aliens. Tom Cruise. <laughs> you gotta watch those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> They're hiding behind every corner. You don't know who to trust. 
You wouldn't have to watch you. No! Not Zenu! Why are you making fun of that, man? Okay, listen. You'd be so lucky to believe in a fucking alien race jizzing in a volcano to create life, okay? If only you believed. Yeah, if only I believed. Uh huh. No. I think it's yeah. the same thing that ever happened. Yeah, Scientologists while they're selling their Amway. I'm just trying to think of bad 90s scams since that's what we're doing right now <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, the scam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right up. Oh, no, yeah. And Columbia House. Yeah. You're not going to fucking trick me again, Columbia House, with your fucking penny entry deal. No. What, don't, you, don't you want fucking 27 videotapes for a cent? You know, cassette tapes? Mm-hmm. For a penny? Man, this is too good penny. to be true. Dude, I'd fill that shit out every TV guide I got, man. I would fill that out. I'd give it to my parents to be like, this is what I want. And they'd be like, okay. And it would never show up. It would never, ever, ever, ever show up because they were smarter than that. You know, I know they did, they did do it one time or two times. They did it two times. And in those two times, I ended up getting the one time I got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I have on VHS, and I still have it somewhere in this house. And the other movie I got was Predator. Again, somewhere I have that on video, and I believe it's somewhere in this house as well. You know, so those are the films that I had gotten from Columbia House or whatever those freaking things were in the TV guide at that time. Whichever one did the videos. <laughs> I think Columbia House only did music. I, I, I don't think they did movies. I, I did one for uh, Streamline, no, Steamline Anime, but they had a thing of, you know, watch it, and if you don't like it, you can send it back. So all I did was just watch it, copy it, and I would just send everyone back going, nope, it sucked. I didn't want it. Okay. <laughs> that monk, monkey's been stealing movies since the 80s, man. Damn. Damn yo, your, your fucking your, your, your video theft game is I, that, strong. That, well, I've been poor since the 80s, so that's why. <laughs> It sucks when you're poor and you love watching movies. Rest in peace. Monkey born in poverty, yo. Straight you know, over here doing the side across the whole nine for you. Word. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just monkey straight out of low cash. Yeah, me, me too, man. But hold on. Let me, hold on. I got to shut off my Xbox Series X and my PlayStation 5. So hold on. I got the money, though. I can't eat. Listen. I get it. <laughs> so that was Evil <laughs> so Thank you, Dean, for that pick. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's splatter, it's gore, it's comedy. You know, it's, it's one that I've seen, but yeah, good one. Did we lose uh, to Dean? 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 You're welcome, Dean. <laughs> no. Oh, thank you, Dean. <laughs> well, it is my hypothesis. That it was a movie that was filmed. I'm just making up words. I'm making up words. Listen, man, it fucking sounded okay in my head for all of a split second. Okay, like I said, uh, what what happened? What happened last night? I'll tell you right now, Dean. This is what happened last night. It involved daytime, nighttime, and anytime, all within like a 15 minute period. Okay, so I had all kinds of fun before going to bed last night. You made the whole fucking circle, the circle of life. Yes, all within a few minutes. 
Wow. I wasn't sure what really was and wasn't working until I fucking felt it all. And then I was like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> all right. So uh, next week's pick is mine. So uh, this is on Shudder for you guys that have Shudder. I know Monkey finds a way, as always. Uh, but since we talked about Martin Cove playing John Kreese in Cobra Kai, he's also in a movie that came out Monkey last year. Away. Fred Williamson and uh, Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe. It's called VFW. The Hammer? It's the- Oh, yeah, the hammer. The fucking hammer. It's called we, we met the hammer. The hammer was a cool dude. We yes, met him at the first freaking uh, uh, Bizarre AC. Bizarre AC, if we did. So he is in this movie. It's called VFW. It's about a group of veterans that fight for the safety of their VFW hall. Yeah, I know this a gang of drugs. Yep. And you have Martin Cove showing Jeez, up. Dean, so. way to fucking interrupt, man. What the hell? You can't, let the guy, you, can't let, you can't let the king like hey. finish his, his thought and sentence. I, You're like, hey, all right, I know king, that movie. King Bar, I apologize movie, for my interruption. I made it very clear at the start of the show what, what I took before the show, so I, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Dean was going to do the show, but then he got. <laughs> Dean's going to tell you what he knows. Because he's high. Da, da, da. <laughs> now he's walking <laughs> off to Cobra Kai. Hey, hey. Because <laughs> he got on. Because he got on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you next week's movie because I fucking took a bunch of edibles and watched VFW. What the fuck? <laughs> John Cruise is in there. Carry on with the floor, though. <laughs> I, I was I, this movie sucked. I watched the entire thing, and Ralph Macchio didn't show up once. What the fuck? No, what? So, Dean, what's going on with the news tonight? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be watching Microwave Massacre. <laughs> For the third time. <laughs> third time is fun. For the third yeah, time and <laughs> forever. I'm just going to go frozen with that one. Sorry. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you back here next week. We're there. I'm very excited to, to be here next week to talk about VFW. Actually, I haven't seen this one yet, uh, but I'm really looking forward to watching it. Very much so. All right. All right. So, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week for VFW. Thanks for listening to my episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. So why don't you go ahead and hit us with a plug? Go on, it out. Well, you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner, folks. And uh, as of right now, mm-hmm. the Ghoul Girl, the, the Ghoul Girl shop is still doing its thing over there on Etsy. All one word: Bonfire Bee Designs in the search bar. Uh, she's slowed down on some things because we got some things going on, so she is going to be taking a break. Uh, but there are still plenty of things on there to be purchased. Uh, necklaces, pendants, gemstones, natural stones, all kinds of things um, for your significant other. Guy, girl, non-gender conforming, whatever it is. I don't know. Over here at, at Talking Terror, we don't give a fuck. We, we fuck whoever you want. <laughs> make love to whatever you want. Do it however you want to do it. Just make sure that it's consensual and you're good to go. Um, besides that, uh, yeah, you know, just just do your thing. Stay scared. Stay Stay human to people, okay? As we witnessed today in the United States of America, as people stormed the Capitol building, um, you know, humanity today, specifically here, was kind of at a low. But we are better yeah. than all of 
that. We can always be better than that. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't an attack on Republicans. This isn't an attack on Democrats. I, uh, I don't go for either side. I just want people to be better to each other. You know, so if you want to support Trump, support Trump, but do so in the right ways. And if you want to support Biden, support Biden, but do so in the right ways. There's no reason to be destroying property. There's no reason to be destroying our landmarks. No, we shouldn't be stopping the very processes that you're supposedly protecting. And it just doesn't make any sense. So aside from that, though, you know, fictionally, stay scared and have a good night. Well said, cool. Couldn't have said that. But you know who I vote for? Everybody that listens for this show, you get my vote. Thank you so much for listening to Talking Terror. All six of you. Thank you. Yeah, all (laughs) six is a big (laughs) issue. Thank you so much for listening to us. As I said, next week we're going to be discussing VFW, Joe Bagos from 2019. We hope that you're going to be back here with us to talk about that. Maybe by next uh, week things will be a little bit calmer, a little bit more sane. Who knows? Things can only get worse from here. So... Until next we meet, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, saying thank you so much. Hail I Satan, was a taking edibles. And <laughs> no, take an edible no, for the Choke, 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 chew, chew, chew. Do whatever you want. Fuck chicks, get laid, chug whiskey. Who knows? We just do it all from talking to And we're so glad to be Watch here out for the buffalo life. chicks. They like <laughs> to play <laughs> submarine. <laughs> With your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with your guys. Butthole.